to Big D Energy. Uh, I have Lexi Montoya, owner of Creating Consciousness LLC, nervous system regulation coach, and energy healer. Uh, she is a very good friend of mine. We've known each other for quite some time now. Uh, we've actually done a podcast in the past before. Um, so welcome. I'm super excited to have you here uh, and talk all things healthcare. Oof. Let's do it. Um, I'm so, so first off, introduce yourself a little. Tell everybody about what you do, what you're about. Um, give everybody a little a little taste of, of Lexi. <laughs> All right. My elevator pitch. I've been working on this, so we'll uh, see how this goes. <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you. I mean, honestly, that introduction was everything. You know, I, I like to try and keep it pretty high level because I feel like that helps everybody just kind of get like a brief kind of... Uh, uh, understanding, I guess, but, you know, reformed corporate professional. Uh, I, you know, right after college went into uh, the health insurance side of things, did a lot of work there. I uh, ended up getting laid off because the company uh, got smaller, they downsized. And then I found myself within workers' compensation insurance for six years, six and a half years or so I was at that company. And while I was there, I had my you know, big awakening, uh, as with a lot of people, especially right now, is kind of like post-COVID time, you know, uh, I would say post-COVID time, but it was probably like right middle, like the thick of it, um, you know, and kind of like woke up to a lot of the things that were going on around me as we all did. And I was like, you know what? F this, I'm done. Like, I'm not working in corporate anymore. It just was a, it, you know, I always say it was like a a shock to my heart center, like just immediate feeling of like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I left that job, you know, I left like six figures on the table and just said, no, nope, I'm done. So basically, you know, over the last two years, I've just kind of been rewriting my story and rewriting the way that I interact with, you know, myself and the world and like everybody around me and just doing lots of soul searching, you know, lots of learning about all sorts of different, you know, themes and, and all sorts of things. And as I was doing that, I kept coming back to this desire to help other people that were in similar or the same situation that I was in, uh, specifically with corporate, but everybody can benefit from nervous system regulation, as we both know. Um, so it, that's been like my main mission. That's been my crusade. So, you know, that's kind of what I do. It, it started off as learning Reiki, um, actually certified in uh, one and two level. Uh, Holy Fire Reiki, so I'm actually like a Reiki practitioner, but then through doing that and doing other work with other people, I kind of kept coming back to like the key, the key message and what I kept being guided to by my own team was, hey, we need to focus on like the very like root of, <laughs> very root of the situation of mm -hmm. what's going on. Uh, for a lot of people and everybody can do this themselves. You know, we don't always need to go to a practitioner We don't always need to go seek the help of like medical professionals We have the ability to do this all on our own So for me a lot of what I do and a lot of what I focus on is trying to help people come back to that within themselves so then that way they feel more empowered in in their own ability to completely like write you know their destiny and, and what they're mm -hmm. going to be doing so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. High level, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And honestly, like for, for those who are listening, like Lexi, I've had Lexi do energy work on me um, and like remote Reiki. And it is, <laughs> it is wild. It is like the stuff that she sees and hears and, and knows and gathers for you is just like really, it's insane. So like, if you're ever like wondering, like, what is it? What do you do? Like, Go see Lexi. She's amazing at it. And that's my pitch for her. It's just, it's, it's wild. <laughs> well, I still look you. back. Yeah. I still look back every once in a while in the notebook that I wrote, took all the notes from the for very sure. first session that we did together. And like, there are still things that are coming through now, even what, well over a year later. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I, think, it's, I think it's, it's been wild. over a year now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, amazing. so your experience in, uh, you know, health insurance and workers comp. So you're, you're kind of on like the other side of things mm -hmm. versus like the frontline facing like healthcare workers and things like that. But sure. it's really interesting because I just had a conversation on the last episode, um, with another entrepreneur who does, who owns multiple small businesses and her thing about, you know, she was talking about insurance and that 
basically it's just crazy. Like the the amount of money that you pay <laughs> to have insurance in the first place, um, and the amount of times that it doesn't even cover what you need it for, mm-hmm. or that you're paying more on top of it, and yep. it's just like you might as well just not have it because it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know it's exactly. just, I don't. It's really like you got to just weigh your weigh the pros and cons, but. What is what was your experience like when you were working in that on that side of it? So, what, like, what I what would you say is like, was it like? Because I feel like my my experience like with insurance companies is like one of two things: either as a patient, I've had to call to like complain that this wasn't covered or why, and like, oh, the code was wrong or this and that, mm-hmm. or from a provider standpoint of we're no longer covering like this medication and then we have to fight to get it covered. So I know that side of it. And I think like a lot of patients know that side of it of like having to like deal with these things, but like from your end of it, like what's your perspective on like the receiving end of that? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm like trying to say, like figure out, you know, how far do I go into this? Cause it's, it's, it's a lot, you know? And, and I think, Mm it's, it's crazy because I've, I've both had my own experience, like kind of in that respect, like you're saying, like as a patient having a call and being like, okay, well, what is balance billing and what is this and blah, blah, blah. When I first started right out, right out of college, that job that I was doing was specifically to review EOBs and statements with doctors and with patients. And that was like literally my only job. Like I just sat in a call center environment and just got call after call after call. (laughs) Sorry. The dogs agree. <laughs> they do. Apparently, yeah, they do. Um, so, so you know, it just call after call after call, and everyone's, you know, very upset, as, as well they should be, both doctors <laughs> and patients, right? And through that job, I really learned a lot from, like, the institutional, like, side of things. You know, we're no longer covering this medication, but everybody that is involved in the process didn't know that you know people as a patient didn't know that the doctors that are prescribing this medication don't know that so it's Mm -hmm. like you know from from that side of things the insurance company basically just like pulling the rug out from everybody and being like huh well we're not covering it anymore i don't know what to tell you like figure it out Mm -hmm. and that was really eye-opening from that perspective and then working within corporate insurance for workers compensation so I actually handled workers' compensation claims for all sorts of different types of people. And basically the way that that job was run is that I oversaw uh, various different states. So, you know, each team at like that company, you know, overseas, like my first job was like New York, uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. And those were like the main states that I handled. And then within those states, we had like different accounts. So like one of the accounts is like the Metropolitan Opera. So if somebody got hurt at the Metropolitan Opera, we would be responsible for handling that claim from the time that we received the claim until the resolution. So let's say somebody got like their rotator cuff, you know, was torn or something like that. I would be responsible as the handler for taking in the claim, like taking the statement, trying to figure out whether or not it fit within course and scope of the actual, you know, insurance policy, because that's part of it too, is that you can be hurt at, at work or you can be hurt on the job and have it not be covered. Like, you know, you're doing, maybe you're, you're traveling in between locations. And in some states, the way that those workers' compensation laws are written, you could technically like be in like the vehicle for your job and you're going to a different job site and you get in an accident, depending on how the rules and regulations are written for that state, it may or may not be covered. So it's like it's the, the the thing with workers' compensation that is absolutely insane to me is that every single state has their own rules and regulations for workers' comp. There's absolutely no like governing body over it. And in some respects, I'm like, I could see why that would be a good thing, and I also see why it's not a good thing because right. you know you can have maybe a claim you had you know 10, 15 years ago. You were in New York and that was covered, and you had basically the same thing happen, but now you're in like Alaska and it's not covered. Like. It's, it's absolutely insane to try and explain that to people. But then also too, the way that my job worked is that my actual like customer, I guess, so to speak, was the job. It was the, the person that, you know, you're the, the corporation 
whatever that the person that got hurt that they're working for. So technically, mm-hmm. like my customer is not the person that was injured. My customer was the, the employer, was the actual employer. Yeah. Right. So having to try and explain some of these things where like, you know, some employers, like somebody would get hurt at, you know, a job site or whatever, and they could not understand for the life of them why I was denying a claim. And the thing that frustrated me to no end was that I had to constantly feel like my, you know, hand was tied behind my back. And all I could say to people was, I have to process claims based on the rules and regulations of this state. Right. That was like the phrase that we were taught. Like, if you ever get any any issue, anybody, you know, freaking <laughs> out, you know, losing their mind over the fact that you're not going to cover this, that's all you have to do. Yeah. So, so I had a, a lot to deal with on on that aspect of things because of the actual rules and regulations and the way that workers' comp policies are written. It's basically, it's out of my hands. It's per the state regulation. Yeah. But then on the other side too, having to call the doctor's offices and talking with them about, hey, you can't be balance billing this patient or you can't be, you know, uh, trying to, to get this code under here because that's not what we cover for and all of these different types of things. And it's, it's just, you know, like I said, I'm not going to, I'm going to try really hard not to get like into my like conspiratorial brain here because <laughs> I have so many things to say about healthcare in this country and like honestly healthcare is a broad spectrum but I, I will end it with this being that you know myself and my girlfriend Erin we both worked for the same company so we both saw the ins and outs of health insurance like kind of on like an outside edge but also too like with the experience that I've had as well when we both left corporate neither one of us got health insurance so Mm-hmm. Just for what that's worth. Like, I don't know if that's, you know, it speaks a lot, but to me, I feel like that's kind of, you know, a, a, a telling, a telling situation that neither one of us have health insurance because we're like, right. you know what? No, nope. I'm just going to take my chances. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's like me, you know, myself and me, I'm like, we don't have health insurance and haven't for like her for two years, me for a year, because mm-hmm. like, it's just like, it's expensive, first of all. Like, if you own it's your own so business expensive. and you try to get it covered through even the mm-hmm. state, which they claim is like mm-hmm. supposed to be this cheaper version of it, like it's so not. It, <laughs> it doesn't... may be cheaper, like initially, like when right. you're paying your premiums, but no. Right, but like the copays or whatever else you're gonna have mm-hmm. to pay on the other side of it is like is insane. And like, mm-hmm. um, I was just we were just actually having this conversation last night with my parents that like. I was trying to explain to my mom that like when I worked in long-term care that um, like they, they would change like Medicare and Medicaid change the formularies every single year as far mm-hmm. as like what they're willing to cover as far as medications. Like, yeah. and so we could have had a patient who was on the, a medication for like five years, no problem, completely covered. And then all of a sudden the new year rolls out and they're like, you get this, you know, form that says this med is no longer covered. You got to switch it to this. And then it's like, you're going to like, this person's been completely stable and now I have to, so it's like, I have to jump through hoops to either take the time to fight with you on the phone about it, or I have to trial them on a different med and make them fail. So potentially Mm -hmm. hurt or make a patient deteriorate because of trialing a different medication. And sometimes you have to trial multiple meds in order to prove that they failed in order to get them back on. And it makes no sense. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and like from your standpoint of like that, nobody knew all of a sudden that an insurance company no longer covers this. Like, what is your, like, what's your thoughts? Like why, what's, what's the, what's the, like, what's the reasoning for that? Like what, I, I don't understand like the, the lack of like the, it's just this, like, I don't know, like, this, like, kind of, like, like you said, like, they pull out the rug, but, like, then it's just, like, they kind of, like, try to sneak it in there without being, like, straightforward mm-hmm. about it. And, like, what's sure. the rationale for that? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and it's it's crazy, too, because the the thing, you know, it's it's one of those things, right? You're, like, the the time that I spent doing this particular job has opened so many like not doors but it's like opened my eyes to the way that so many things work just just through this one experience because while I was at the company you know I started off I was responsible for handling claims and then I became a supervisor so then I was in management and when I was in management oh my god d like 
it just that <laughs> once I was in management, it was really hard for me to, to like try and step away from that and be like, okay, I'm totally okay with the things that this particular company does from an outward customer facing and then also like internally the way that it treats its people, the way that it treats like the people that work under them, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the the biggest issue that's facing these like mega insurance companies, because the, the company that I worked for is a massive Fortune 500 company. It's not like some small potatoes, mom and pop type of place that I initially <laughs> right. started with, like where I ended up, like it's, it's massive. It's, it's global, right? It's, it is, it's a global insurance company. So I think the biggest issue with a lot of these companies is that they're just that they're companies. They're at the end of the day, they don't, they don't give a shit about me that is working there on the front lines, making the money for them because I'm the person that's actually like helping their operations run. They don't give a shit about the doctors that they're having to work with to try and help their patients. They don't even really give a shit about the patients that they're trying to help with these claims. Like ultimately at the end of the day, what they're the most interested in is shareholders and the people that have stake in the company. And that's it. That's all they care about. As long as all of these companies are going to be on, you know, the Dow, as long as they're going to be like front facing, they have stock, like all of these types of things, they're never going to care about anything else but the bottom line. And I think ultimately that's that's the biggest issue because something like that will happen, right? Like the formularies will come out or I don't know, uh, like another really big one while I was there was like uh, medical marijuana. And like, especially too, as more and more states are decriminalizing or completely legalizing marijuana and the use of it. Mm -hmm. It was, I was actually just having this conversation with my dad while he was here recently. It's insane, like the lengths that some of these like companies will go to, to make sure that they're not going to be on the hook for things like marijuana use. Or things like, hey, we know that this person is taking medical marijuana because now it's in the doctor's notes that we have a hold of. And now we're going to do X, Y, and Z on you know, the back end to try and make sure that we're not going to be on the hook for it or you know, whatever. The, the biggest thing that they're concerned with, like I said, is the bottom line, the bottom dollar, and checking check boxes. And that's mm -hmm. all they care about. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And that's like, um, and that's like, uh, like with things like EpiPens and insulin, like with these, mm -hmm. like these are medications, like they're not like, they're, it's not just like Tylenol. Like we're not just talking about right. something that might make you feel a little bit better to right. make your cold go away faster. We're talking about like medications that medications, determine yeah. whether or not you live or die. Yeah. Yeah. And like to have these like these companies decide that all of a sudden we're going to make life-saving medications either completely unaffordable or just yep. unavailable. Mm -hmm. It like I just I'm si like I sit here and I think about it and I'm like I don't understand and like how does nobody see this and think like that's not correct like we yeah. have taken an entire industry and just once again all we care about is the bottom line and nobody's actually being like but we're taking life-saving medications and making them inaccessible or unaffordable yeah and like, exactly it's, and, and how it's how you too. fix that i don't know like i don't yeah. you know other than like a complete <laughs> overhaul overhaul yeah <laughs> which is right. what we're here for but like right other than that i don't understand how you get people to like actually listen to like the consumer and be like yeah. this is not this is not right like right it's not sustainable yeah exactly no. it's you know no. i think that <laughs> i was sitting here trying to tell myself don't get conspiratorial but Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of this stuff kind of, it, it all, that's kind of how it is. So, yeah. you know, the, the big, I think the, the absolute most criminal aspect of this entire, like, situation, this entire operation is that all insurance companies are in the pocket of Big Pharma. Because at the end of the day, if Big Pharma, let's say, let's take your insulin, you know, example, mm -hmm. they're, you know, they, they've got an insulin drug on the market. And they've had it on the market for 50 years, right? Like it's, it works, it's effective. People are like so hooked on this stuff. It's not even funny, right? Because they need it. Mm -hmm. It's life, it's life saving. They need to have this medication. 
So Big Pharma is going to do something like get all of these people on this drug for years. And then they're going to say, hey, we now have a pill form that'll make this even better. It's this brand new, never really been tested in, in you know, <laughs> in the wild kind of thing. And for more than a minute. <laughs> Four minutes, exactly. Uh, and we're just going to, you know, push this out there. But nobody's taking it because everybody knows this other one that they have been taking, maybe this injectable version or whatever, and they feel comfortable, they feel safe with it, etc. So what's the manufacturer of the big pharma going to do? They're going to pull that. They're going to pull the other one. They're going to stop making that one. And if anything, maybe they don't stop making it. They're going to force all of the insurance companies to go with the new version. So now what the insurance companies are in, in, and this is just insane to me again, that people don't see this happening. A lot of it is like, you know, uh, being, you know, ignorance is bliss kind of thing, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the other part too, is that, you know, there, there aren't a lot of people like you, like me, like, you know, Mia and Aaron, where, you know, we were on a fringe or potentially right in the thick of like the front lines with this healthcare industry. And, then we see something else and you can't unsee it. You can't, you can never go back to the way that it was before. And now, at least for the four of us, and there are obviously so many other people, especially after COVID, I think that was the, the massive awakening for a lot of people in healthcare specifically, but you have all these people that now have seen what's going on and we're like, okay, this isn't right. But there's so many other people that still have never seen this stuff right. before. They have right. no idea that this stuff goes on. They're, you know, they're they're listening to the people that are in positions of power or authority, and they're just trusting what they're being told. But ultimately, right. they're being sold a lie. I mean, all you have to do, and we've talked about this so many times, you just have to follow the money. Like that, that's right. all it is. Like because right. all of these right. all of these corporations are corporations. You know the. Right. The problem is, is that we took something that was so sacred, so intimate, so innate within ourselves, mm -hmm. the the health and care of our own bodies, and we outsourced it. Right. We allowed and, it to and, be privatized right. and, and, and to, monetized. And, yeah. And to say, too, like this, like, like, so you have this group of people who are, are, they're just unaware of how the system works. Like, right. Like the majority of us as Americans at some point in our life have been involved in the system, whether it's not, whether it's receiving care or working in it in some way, shape or form. And, but there, there is, but even so it's not, everybody has this, like you said, this intimate knowledge of how it all works. Like it's a machine that just yep. runs a certain way. Total and machine. like, yep. but also people just don't know how to, and because of that, then they don't know how to navigate it. So like you said, you get this, you know, you have an elderly person who gets something in the mail that says this med isn't covered. Now you have to take this and now it's going to cost you $500 a month. They're like, exactly. Okay. Like they don't know that like they should be calling to fight that. They mm -hmm. don't know that like, they there's ways that you can get around that and then there's and then there's the other side of it of providers who do know a little bit more and do know how to navigate those things but don't have the time to do it like that's right i don't have the time to fight 30 insurance claims in a week when i'm seeing yeah. 50 patients in an eight hour day like it's just not feasible exactly. and yep. and so then you have like that side of it but then oh where was i going with that i completely lost my train of thought it it's all good. It's all good. It I was I was gonna say too. You know the the biggest part of that I think is that these these corporations, you know, these cogs in the machine, they're relying on the fact that everyone's just gonna let that happen. You know, do, do you know how much money insurance providers make because people aren't going back and questioning know. the billing or yeah. like or even just you know and, and even even that too. You know, just the the way that they so. Uh, you know, a, a lot a lot of people don't understand that the, the reason why these providers, you know, healthcare providers are so strapped, they're, they're so, you know, like beat down, they're so run down, they have to, you know, have all of these people come in through the doors and actually have these appointments every day. A lot of people don't realize it's because of the insurance. If a provider is going to accept a particular form of insurance, that insurance provider is then going to demand that they see 10 people a day. Well, if you're mm -hmm. accepting five or six different insurance providers within that office, how, how many other demands are they going to be making? And each right. one is making specific demands for all of these doctors, these nurses, all healthcare staff. 
And, you know, I think it's, it's an unfortunate nature because a lot of healthcare providers get into that business because they want to help people. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they're basically forced to not be in a position where they can, you know, my, right. my mom right. is a perfect example of that. She, when I was, a, when I was a little kid, she started doing nursing, you know, started going to classes and things like that. She was almost done. And then yeah, I can't remember what it was, but something happened. She wasn't able to continue and finish through. So then when we were a little bit older, I was already like almost graduating high school at that point or something. She decided that she was going to stop being in corporate insurance. Cause you know, of course, Apple fall falls far from the tree on that one. So she stepped out of corporate insurance and then said that she was going to go do what she always dreamed of doing, which was nursing. So she goes back to school probably 15, maybe 20 years after she had initially been trying to go to school. She left that program that she was in after like six to eight months or so because she realized exactly like what we're talking about. The healthcare you know, system at this point is just that it's a system it is it is a complete mockery of what it initially started out as being and unfortunately there are so many people that you start into that program thinking it's going to be one thing you go through your program you go through your nursing school you go through everything you know maybe you've had clinicals maybe you've had all this stuff that you know kind of dip your toe in a little bit but then you're released Mm -hmm. out into the world and then you start seeing what's actually going on. And there are mm-hmm. so many people that are in positions where they can't leave, right? Like there are so right. many things like that are tying everybody to all of these different jobs because that's the biggest thing, right? Like if you're doing a job and you don't agree with it, then why not just leave? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. I said, it goes so far, right. D. Like, like well, just, I need a job in order right. to live. You know, it's just exactly. it's like I need to be able to pay for things. Right. Not everybody and can just what... leave. You're right. And I, and I talk about that all the time. And like, as I've been talking about this more and more, it's, it's, it's forced me back into like memories that I haven't thought about in a really long time, because it's been, it's been 13 years since I've been out of, uh, out of undergrad. And it's been now it'll be almost 10 years that I've been out of graduate school. So it's, it's been a minute, but thinking back, it's like, you, when you're in school, it seems like this job that you're going to get is like this like glorified, wonderful thing. And you're mm-hmm. like, it's going to be great and I'm going to make good money and I'm going to change lives and I'm going to help people. And like yeah. when you're in school, nobody sits here and talks about like, this is a system. It's like you're being taught that like, this is what you're going to do and this is how you're going to take care of people and this is how you're going to pass your meds and like you think it's all great. And then you like step foot into the real world and like you realize there's like all of these like it's the, and there's so many layers to it but you're like you look around and you're like am i in the twilight zone like what happened and then mm-hmm. like and then the other facet too is like that i experience is like i went in as an rn and was like okay yep there's certain things that are fucked up it's like is this isn't right, but whatever, I'm here to do my job, job. you know, like, right. You just accept that this is just part of the job. And then you have this all, then you start to get, you're like, Oh, okay, well I'm going to go back to school. And so when I have this job, it's going to be better. Cause like, I'm going to have a better schedule. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to have more impact because now I can like prescribe medications and diagnose people and I can do so much more with it. And really it's like, no, it's actually like you just see it's a different. Worse, right? It's like that you're on this side of the wall, and then you go to this side, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, it's the yeah. same thing," or it's, it's worse, but thing. it's just yeah. depending. And it's like, it's but now like, you know about it too. It's right, like the, and the veil has been lifted, so now you see it, and now you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> right, and the amount of people that just still like accept it, even with like. Mm-hmm. Even with, like, COVID and everything, you've had, I mean, you see, like, now, because of, of all that, you've had this, like, mass exodus of healthcare workers being like, mm-hmm. this is fucked. Like, <laughs> nobody knew what this was happening my line in the I'm not for doing three this. <laughs> years, and, like, right. I'm out. But, like, right. but it's, like, where do we decide that, like, we just start speaking up instead of being, like, oh, this is cool. And it's like, and you were talking about, I remember what I was thinking before is like, you have these people who are not in the system and who listen to the people who are in charge, right? So you listen to these corporations who think they know what they do and you you listen to these okay. medical associations and these high level scientists, you listen to politicians 
who are all telling you and you want to believe them because you think that they know best. Yet at the end of the day, big pharma and insurance companies are in their pockets too. Yep. (laughs) Because you can't tell me when they're up there promoting this crazy ass drug that's actually going to kill you and not make you better Mm -hmm. that big pharma is not like, here you go. Thank (laughs) you for saying that. And it's just like, and it's, it's, it's corrupt from, from, from all angles. And like, and the other side of it too, like I just had this conversation last night with my dad about a family friend who he was explaining to me how like she had like cluster migraines and he called, like he had to call 911 for her to take her to the ER. And she's like Mm. in her mid seventies. And like, he had said to them at the hospital, like, don't like it was late at night and he was like don't there, there's no one to take care of her at home like her daughter's not here yet like it's gonna she's not gonna be here till tomorrow like so please don't discharge her because like she's not safe to go home by herself right now and they were like yeah 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 okay and then he gets like a call at like three in the morning from her that she's sitting in the waiting room because they discharged her and he's like but i don't understand like what and i'm like yeah but dad that's just how it works like if if an ER doesn't have a reason to keep you, if they're not treating you for every anything, he's like, yeah, but your insurance will cover. I said, yeah, but you got to have a code. You got to have a reason to bill the insurance. The insurance isn't just going to, you keep, there's no code for doesn't have anybody to take care of them at home. So they have to wait a few more hours. (laughs) Like it doesn't work that way. And there's 15 other people in the waiting room who need that one bed that's maybe available. And like, and like, and this is a person who who's heard me talk about this all the time and he's still like what i don't understand mm-hmm. and yeah. it's just it's just uh, uh, i don't <laughs> you know yep. and it's like and like and also so and you so you've had i mean and you've had like your own experience with like with your if you want to talk about it like the gene mutation that you have like your mom like i mean we've talked in depthly about your mom's health history that is like extensive and all of these things and like getting back to a point in in medicine where one we're doing it to actually take care of people and heal them versus like this band-aid effect Mm -hmm. and and so, so you've had, you know, you, your, your whole family has had an experience with, with it all and has gone yeah. more of like a natural, naturopathic way with it all. Yeah. But like, I mean, I think, I think in our world, it's a little bit more skewed because I think in our world, we tend to see more people who seek these, these natural, more natural remedies and want to heal themselves and want to get to the root cause of things and want to deal with their inner trauma and childhood, uh, you know, traumas and things like that. But that's not like the standard. I think there's people who are becoming more open to that. And if you actually like take the time to, to teach them and talk to them about it and you kind of get in their ear about it a little bit, you you know, they're kind of like, oh, that's. Hmm, that can make me feel better. That's interesting. Right. Like, but yeah. like, what's your, what, what was your experience with that? Like on the patient end of that with something like these, you know, essentially chronic, you know, disease that is lifelong. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my, my mom, like her side of the family. So we have a gene mutation called MTHFR. Basically, what that is, is, you know, our bodies are unable to process out toxins. So most people, you know, the the whole point of the human body, right? Maintain homeostasis and make sure everything's kosher, right? So, you know, you're maybe like, for example, getting like a vaccine or something like that, where there are a lot of heavy metals, toxins, things like that, that are within these certain things, you know, even like not... She's, she agrees. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's not too bad. Um, but you know, so, so you have these different, you know, these different, uh, you know, things like even just like food, right? So like maybe you're technically allergic to food, but like your body has basically the, my body has the inability to process out things that it normally should. Right. So that's like kind of the, the big, the big one, the big piece that can actually, 
manifest itself as symptoms, as different uh, symptomology. So, for example, like my grandma has lupus. She, you know, <laughs> kind of finds it as a point of pride that she was one of the very first patients that Mayo Clinic in, you know, Miami, Florida or whatever was diagnosed with lupus. I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. So, you know, she's got that, you know, issue and, and that has actually, you know, continued to manifest, you know, throughout generations. So my mom has it. Technically, I have it you know, things like that. I'm not, I'm asymptomatic for it, but that's a whole other story. So we've got that, that piece in that aspect. And then we have my dad who has, you know, basically a lot of the same issues. We, we know for sure that he has MT, MTHFR as well, because while I only have one gene variation SNP, my brother has both, which means that absolutely he got it from at least one set from my dad. So for sure, he also has it as well. So the chances of two people just meeting in the wild, never knowing about <laughs> right. this and having kids and then, you know, ending up in this situation is wild to me. But uh, he, you know, his his symptoms uh, manifest as, you know, arthritic uh, psoriasis. So he's got like, you know, just really bad, you know, psoriatic arthritis and pretty much has my entire life essentially. So, you know, you've got two completely uh, <laughs> separate issues, uh, you know, health-wise. But I will, I will probably never forget going through uh, with my mom this, this issue of trying to figure out what was going on. Because growing up, we, you know, we basically lived with my mom. So I, you know, growing up, didn't really see a lot of, from my dad's perspective, I've since see a lot more now being an adult, but with my mom, we would go to doctors and doctors would literally look her dead in the eye and say that she's full of shit. Just, I don't know what to tell you. You're fine. Now all I, you know, don't even get me started in all the labs <laughs> that people run and where the actual, you know, numbers are and things like that. But, you know, there was, there was a point in time where she had just had surgery and right after surgery, as I'm sure you know, the body goes through all sorts of things, right? No matter what type of surgery it is. Mm -hmm. And for her, specifically because she has MTHFR, it also affects your vitamin B stores. So she had basically like no vitamin B levels at all whatsoever. And so mm -hmm. because she didn't, she was having these symptoms where I've never seen it before in my life, but she was manic. Like she was cr like crazed. Her eyes were like this big, they were bloodshot, she was like super sallow and pale, just like it did not look good, and couldn't form a coherent thought. Was literally standing in the living room, like grasping onto my hands, and was like, I don't know what's going on. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I need you to take me to the doctor, like, I don't know what's going on. So we went and we took her to the doctor, and the doctor literally looked at her and said, well, I don't know what you need, I think you just need a Xanax. That was it. So obviously I'm like, I'm pissed and I'm like, I don't know, maybe like 20 or something like that. So I'm just like, ah, like, you know, so hopped up and so angry. And so, you know, we're, we're going home with her prescription in hand for fucking Xanax that I'm like, you don't need this. Like you, it doesn't feel right. Like it just, it just doesn't feel right. And it was one of those moments, I'm sure everybody can relate to this, where the, just the voice in the back of your head, right? Your intuition is telling you this isn't right don't stop, figure it out. So literally, I just went on a bender that night, just researching everything that I could. And just through doing that research, I found out, hey, this is highly correlated with vitamin B issue. I said, before you take the Xanax, before you actually go fill this prescription, before you do this, let's try this vitamin B and let's see if that works. And that was literally all she needed. It was just liposomal vitamin B spray. That's all she did. It was like a, a the I think B12 compound or something like that. But regardless, she took that for maybe two days and was completely back to normal. Like no issue at all. Like it never happened. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. And, and already at that point too, we had kind of started uh, kind of going the path of more naturopathic things. Um, I don't know if you've seen in stores, I mean, they're pretty big now everywhere, but Boyron, uh, it's like a pharmaceutical, uh, naturopathic pharmaceutical company. And, you mm -hmm. know, if you've ever seen like the oxycoxa, whatever <laughs> thing is for the flu, it's like the little pellets or whatever that you use for flu symptoms. They have ones for colds. They have all sorts of stuff now. And if, you know, if you're lucky enough to live around a Wegmans or most other mm -hmm. supermarkets at this day and age, they have something like that, but they'll have like a, 
like a little display case or like a placard or something like that. And it's all of the different naturopathic like remedies that you can take for, you know, acid reflux, you know, mm -hmm. heartburn, like gas, mm -hmm. vomiting, acne, literally anything. You name it, if you have a symptom, you can find it and you can take this naturopathic remedy. Now that whole, like I said, <laughs> We started on that yet because, you know, a lot of people in other countries, especially European nations, they've been using all of this for an extremely long period of time. And the biggest issue that we have in America is the FDA and the pharmaceutical companies, because obviously we're not in a business of healthcare; We're in a business of sick care, just like you're saying, the Band-Aid slap kind of thing. They're not interested in actually making people healthy because as soon as they do, they're losing out on customers for life. Right. So that was kind of like the first, the first <laughs> issues that we were having with this was that we were having symptoms or we were having issues and people just kind of kept looking at us and telling us you're nuts. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like nothing's showing up on any tests that we're running. So it must just be in your head. It's all psychosomatic. I don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of the, the final straw with all of this too is, you know, my brother, when we were growing up, he had a, a lot of concussions, like a lot. He was just a rough and tumble kid, and then he played hockey. So it was like <laughs> all of the all of the bad things that you sh probably should not have been doing, but he did. And uh, you know, through through his hockey career, he stopped. I think he was a sophomore in high school, and it was because his depression had gotten so bad that he was literally on suicide watch. Like my mom was like actually making sure that he wasn't going to kill himself. And that was like huge. It was massive. Like that was like one of the hardest things that as a family we were going through. But for him, it was even worse because then he's being basically told by all of his physicians, by his psychiatrists, everybody that he's, he's nuts. Like he has no reason to be feeling this way. So he just needs to get over it basically. And it was like, holy shit. And that was like upstate New York. We were in Syracuse. Like it was like that was that was healthcare at that time, right? Like that was what we were receiving. It was from all sorts of different doctors all over the state, really. And it took a doctor that was down in New York City to actually be able to prescribe something that wasn't even a medication for him. You know, they weren't even trying to, you know, dope him up on, you know, Zoloft or whatever, like all of these types of things. He, he pretty much tried every single drug that you can think of. Nothing was working. And so this doctor in New York City he is, you know, extremely well known for helping veterans, specifically with PTSD and all sorts of things like that. And he actually uses a, a very small, very light TENS unit that's like a STEM TENS unit. And you just like connect it to both your ears. It stimulates the vagus, you know, system, nerve system and everything like that. And through very, you know, slow, gradual changes, like just through repeated use of this, this device, he was completely fine that and some vitamins and he was completely fine within a matter of a couple of months when he'd been dealing with this for years and everybody was just telling him i don't know what to tell you you're just gonna have to be on antidepressants for the rest of your life and he's like this makes me feel horrible like this makes me feel worse like i feel like a zombie i don't feel like myself i don't want to do this but yet everybody else is telling him like i don't know what else to tell you this is all you can do so it was right. like through continuous and repeated failures of the healthcare system that we had experienced we just started doing more research into, okay, well, what, like, what does this mean? Or I'm having these symptoms. What does this actually mean for my body? And so kind of through having these repeated failures happen, it really empowered us as a family to take back the power from these corporations, from the doctors, from these people that were, you know, basically in these positions of authority and power and telling us that we were insane. So it, it mm -hmm. took that for us to be like, mm -hmm. okay, wait a minute, no. And, you know, I give a lot of credit to my mom too because she had been doing all of this research pretty much for, I don't even know, like 15, 20 years or something like that. Like she's just got one of those brains. She loves research. She loves trying to find stuff out. So it was like she found a lot of this stuff. And then as we continued to get older, it just continued to keep happening. And it was like, okay, well – let's try this. And it was just through very simple, like very, very simple dietary changes. Like I used to have horrific cystic acne and just through dietary changes, I changed the way that my skin looks, you know, granted I was on Accutane for a little bit of time that I found out that it was a cancer drug and I got off. Of that <laughs> I, was like, I don't need to be on chemotherapy. Thank you. I'm good. I will live with my acne. I don't care. <laughs> I don't need my skin to melt off. 
<laughs> right? Like, I'm good. Like, all my skin is sloughing off. I'm like, I don't understand, but yeah. okay, anyway. Um, and that's the thing is, like, you have these, like, you, it, it, within the system, like, right, like, we're all, the majority of us are all trained, like, in a very similar way, like, right, we're all reading, like, the same types of textbooks, we're all learning how to assess a patient the same way, we're all learning that, you know, this stepwise fashion of XYZ equals yeah. this diagnosis, which is, like, complete in total and as far as i'm concerned crazy bullshit because it's like not one person is made the same at all you can have a set of twins they're still different yep so like why are we why are we taking these like textbook one size fits all solution Mm -hmm. to to try to treat human beings is beyond me but you have these extremes of like people within the system too who are like on one end you're crazy there's nothing wrong with you by to the other end of well here's some xanax like like it's like it's it's a candy right like like this is a controlled substance yep a controlled substance like it is and they're just like here you go you're crazy (laughs) yeah and like and nobody's like looking around being like wait a minute what i just got Mm -hmm. like a you know what I mean? Like you could take that, you could take that bottle of pills and go sell it on the street somewhere because, yep. like, what? Like, yeah. Nobody yeah. Thinks it's wild. Twice it's wild about what it's they're insane. doing, whether it's one extreme yeah. or the other. And then, and but you yeah. touched on the other piece of it too. Is like we're also not being taught. Like it is not. It has been so lost within our society that we have the ability to to go within ourselves and to truly know ourselves and do all of this really deep work and really heal a lot of the things on our, either just on our own or with the support of various types of like naturopathic remedies. And of course, like you said, that's not a profitable thing. So if you have a bunch of people who are like, Oh, I can just heal myself. Great. Well then like, you're right. Who's making any of the money? But also, like, we if, we, if we were just a society that was just more aware of what we were putting in our body, what we were putting mm-hmm. on our body, I know we've had conversations about, you know, the food industry in this, in this nation and how it's just, like, insane. And I, you've, you know, you've had experiences with just even things like, even, even these, like, na- these companies who claim that they're, you know, more natural – and don't have toxins within their within their supply to yeah. find out that well if you read the fine print there really are things in there like you had the whole like skin issue with like various soaps and stuff and so it's like it's not all not just because it says it's organic or just because it says it's natural yeah. doesn't still doesn't mean Mm-mm. it's better for you than the hot pockets that you're getting from the freezer section. So like, <laughs> exactly. But, and so like, like, but also people are just, I don't, I think there's, it's, there's so many people who are just not willing to like, they either just like, don't want to take the time to figure it out because they're lazy or really what the, is the, more of the underlying problem is nobody within the society who works a nine to five actually has the time because they're just really trying to survive yeah. and be able to feed their families this yeah. terrible processed food that they can, that's the only thing that they can afford. Right. And they don't have the time to sit on their computer and figure out like, what is this? Well, what's this weird ingredient? I've never heard of that. Like, oh wait, it really is like a toxic chemical even though it says all natural, like, and so I don't, I just, I just want more people to realize that, like, you, like, you are, like, we are so capable as human beings to, like, really, really heal ourselves and to really, really, like, know, and it, like you said, it's that intuitive piece that you had mentioned in, in picking up on of like, this isn't right. There's got to be something more, but also the intuitive piece with, with everything, with your complete lifestyle, um, of like what you eat, like just simply eating a meal and then assessing after, like, how do I actually feel after I ate that? And like, we walk through life, a lot of us of just not having any idea 
of what our bodies actually feel like. Absolutely. Or like that I just ate that pizza and now I'm bloated, but I didn't actually connect the dots. Yep. And or, or we'd never realize and we just think it's normal. Like, I mean, love my dad to death, but I don't think the man's ever felt like how he's supposed to feel. Right. So in his brain, he's like, I don't feel any different. I think it's fine. But it's like, dad. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> right. Like we just expect, I think, and I, and I think like, I, I think we're like so fortunate to, to be in the generation that we're in because I truly feel that, that our generation is, is going to really be and, and whoever comes after us because we're yeah. the ones now raising these babies of like, yeah, we're, the, we're the Phoenix generation. This we is not her. right. This is, there's gotta be something, you know, and like, but, but you know, anywhere above our generation, our parents and beyond are just like, yeah, I'm supposed to wake up in the morning and feel like crap and like not be able to move half my body. And like, I'll just go take my six meds and it's fine. Like they don't think about that side of it. So it's like, like there's this disconnect still and it's shifting, but there's still this very large group of people who are like completely focused on like just wanting to like, mask the symptoms or take the pill or do the easy thing where now we're coming in and being like, no, like if we just do some childhood trauma healing and if we do some generational healing and all of these other things, like we can actually clear out a lot of shit that didn't even need to be here in the first place. Sorry, I think I lost you just right at the end there. Oh, yeah. I just said that, like, we, like, so, like, there's, like, we, like, we do a lot of, like, this healing and this generational healing that, like, we, like, we're realizing that we can prevent so many things that didn't even need to happen. Yeah. In the first place. And, like, if, and it's, like, you know, through the type of work that you do, it's, like, and the type of work that various other practitioners do, like, we're now getting back to these ancient ways of healing that you know and like I just I was I'm reading this book right now on uh I don't even know where it is plants of the gods plants of the gods I'm getting back into the plant medicine now now that I've had a little it's it's coming it's all coming back to me so it's I you know it feels like it's all part of it but like talking Mm -hmm. about that that like these ancient cultures and these indigenous cultures they, they believe, you know, that they believe that the body is like, I'm trying to think of it, that like, it's not a, there's not a physical reason why your body doesn't feel good or is experiencing something. Like it is, it is far greater than that. It is spiritual. It is beyond us as to why something is happening. And, And of course we've experienced that. Like when, you know, with just, if you experience, if you've ever experienced things like energy work and stuff, like, you know that, like, oh, I have this ache here, oh, I have this here, or whatever, and it's just, like, it's just energy that's stuck in your body. It's not, you don't have arthritis, you don't have cancer, you don't have some crazy thing, it's just simply energy stuck where it shouldn't be, and that these ancient cultures knew that they knew that there was not these physical reasons as to why they were sick or didn't feel well that it was far greater than them and what and why they use these naturopathic implant medicines to become close to to come closer to Mm -hmm. spirit source god whatever you want to refer to it as to heal themselves and that's all it took (laughs) and it's like (laughs) and we're like we're all just sitting here like yeah, the big man at the top in the suit is the one who's right. Yeah, for sure. No <laughs> issue. Know? I see no issue. <laughs> no. Yeah. Absolutely. I believe yeah, everything they're saying. Yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, the, the thing, too, you know, that I, I really would like to impart for your listeners and for your audience is that it sounds terrible, right? it sounds horrible. Like the first step of being aware of everything going on is like pure panic and like, oh my God, what do I do? Like now that I know that this is a thing and this is, this is like the the big, the big reveal, like this is what's actually going on. Like what the hell am I supposed to do about it? 
And it's so easy to fall into like the despair and, you know, numbing and suppression because honestly on some, on a lot of levels, it's, it's almost too big to handle. Like it's, it's too much to handle all of this knowledge because, you know, really what, what you kind of have to go through in, in this discovery and in this process for yourself is coming to terms with the fact that you have allowed yourself to be snowed by other people, other corporations and other entities that only wish to do you harm. That's terrifying. It's mm-hmm. terrifying. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's so scary. And, you know, I'm sure if, if your listeners are at a point where maybe this is where they're at now, you know, I, I really hope if nothing else, they take away from this, ex- from this podcast and from this experience and listening to you talk about this stuff is that you, you have all the power here. It feels disparaging initially when you find out all this stuff, but it, it should hopefully quickly turn into empowerment and excitement mm-hmm. in being able mm-hmm. to actually take charge of everything in your life, not just your health, not just everything else that, that you're consuming on a daily basis, but everything from an energetic, from an energetic standpoint as well. And, you know, I think the the biggest things that you can do, like just kind of high level stuff to try and like help you get through this process is, you know, firstly, start reading the ingredient labels on everything. And if there's something that's like this long and you can't pronounce it and you don't understand what it means, probably put it down and opt for another option. Mm -hmm. And that goes, that goes for everything. You know, just start, start actually becoming aware of what's going on around you, you know, start doing research. The thing too, is that not only are we in like the best time for humanity ever, even though it seems so bleak right now, (laughs) we really are because we have the internet and almost every single person has access to the internet. Now, whether or not you're going to be using what very little free time you have to be researching what the hell a natural fragrance is and what that means, that's here or there, but at least at the very least, what you can do at the like very front lines is just start reading the ingredient labels on everything mm-hmm. all the way down to your food and opt for more whole foods. I guarantee you, you do that over a month, you're going to feel night and day different, complete night and day different. Mm-hmm. Get a water filter. That's like mm-hmm. number one, if not number two, like <laughs> that is huge. Like you get a, a legitimate good water filter um, you know, there, there are so, so many on the market right now and focus specifically on ensuring that it takes out heavy metal toxins, chlorine, and anything else that is potentially damaging to the endocrine system. So that's kind of like the other really big thing. Those two things in concert together will drastically change the way that you feel. They will drastically change the way that your energy is. And it's going to start allowing you to actually open up to the process of beginning the internal work, of beginning to actually investigate what to do in in a lot of these scenarios, in a lot of these mm-hmm. situations. Because I, I remember how I felt when I first started doing this work. It seems impossible. It mm-hmm. seems absolutely impossible. It oh, seems sure. like there's nothing you can do. Exactly. You can speak to that too. You know, it, it just, it seems like it's too much and I just can't do it. And I'm better off just, you know, dying early and just, you know, <laughs> staying a, a corporate cog or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. But those two things together are going to make it so that you are actually able to get to a point where you can start listening to your intuition, where, mm-hmm. you know, through however many years of repeated you know, um, like dulling or dumbing down, you know, the, at the same time, stop using toothpaste, uh, from, from, from the, you know, over the counter toothpaste, because the amount of uh, fluoride that's in toothpaste, Mm -hmm. it directly affects that pineal gland. So, um, you know, anything that you can do to try and bring yourself back to a more natural state is, is the absolute best thing that you possibly could do. Um, you know, and then, and then really just start becoming your own advocate. You know, if, if you feel something, if you're starting to feel like that internal, like, eh, there's a voice in the back of my head kind of thing, start paying attention, start listening to it because that's your intuition. And that's, that's something that I think through multiple generations within not just this country, but the entire world, like there, there's been a massive operation just kind of running in the background to keep it so that we are all dumbed down. We're all completely cut off from the spiritual aspect of life, of nature, 
and then completely like completely severed or eradicated the tie that we have to ourselves and once you start doing just those very minor things it gets you into a place where you can actually start to rebuild those connections and those relationships and uncover just kind of some of the clutter because ultimately the thing is too is that they're going to tell you that you've been disconnected from all these things you never have been it's always been there but how much extra shit is piled on top of you to keep it so you can't pay attention to that ever that's the thing that you just start chipping away piece piece by piece at that kind of stuff everything else just naturally falls into place because it's the natural state of being right once that happens it's it's all it's all bets are off and everybody every single person i've ever talked to any person that's ever done anything like that they always come back to me or i've always had conversations later on that they say holy shit it wasn't that hard it seems like it's impossible initially Mm -hmm. but by Mm -hmm. taking very small steps like that that's all that it takes that's it right and like and and too like just to to add on to that like to question like you said question everything like even if you think like it doesn't deserve a question just like slow down and question it you know and just to be like probably the one that whether or not it's still right or wrong but like you know just take a second and be like do I need this or is this the right Mm -hmm. thing or whatnot? And the other piece of that too is like, it's so true because once you start to, once you start to do these little, these micro changes that seem like a lot, it seems like a mountain and you're like, I mean, I, I know there's been times where I'm like, I can't not eat gluten. I can't not eat dairy. You know, it's just like, it's impossible. I said at one point in my life, I would never not eat meat. And then I like didn't eat meat for like a year. But it's like, when you start to get little glimpses of what the other side looks like or feels like, it really shifts a lot in you like so much faster. You're like, oh, this is a mountain. And now it's like a little hill. This is like no problem. And it's just like, because once you get little glimpses of it, you're like, this is interesting. And then you like, and then you want to know more. You're like, okay, what's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next? Now what can I do? And it's like, yeah. and somebody like too, um, at the last retreat we were at, somebody made this really great reference to like new, to new, like, um, like when you're doing new things that seem really, really hard, right? It's like, and she talked about, she put it in the metaphor of like, it's like, it's like forming a new path in the woods. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you'd walk the same path every single day, right? It's, it's, it's cut, it's neat. It's easy to walk through. You know exactly where you're going. And then one day you're like, I want to go over there and try that. Yeah. And the grass is higher. You got to get through some cobwebs. You got to like break down some branches, maybe move a tree out of the way or something. But then you keep doing it over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden you have a brand new path that's built. Yeah. It's a little hard at first. It might take a little bit of work. It might be a little scary, but like then all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit, look at that. That was <laughs> not as bad as I thought it was. Let's right. go try a new, another path. That's right. And it's yeah. like, just, and it's like, just like, even if it's little things, just mm-hmm. keep like trying, stay curious, yeah. ask questions, yeah. like, just because everybody else says it or just because somebody who's in charge says it doesn't mean (laughs) definitely doesn't mean mean it's the right thing. (laughs) And like always do your own research and like, you know, and I think with that, like, I mean, I think, you know, like I said, like our generation is a generation who we're, we are very, you know, we're techie. We are on the internet all the time. We take advantage of what we have at our disposal. Mm Mm-hmm now and we're just a like we're we're just a curious group of beings who are like mm, no I don't know about that no. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Wait a maybe minute. but i'm gonna check it out first before <laughs> before i say yes exactly. you know and i think yeah. and it's just so like i so it's just like i encourage people all the time like just like and the other thing too is like you think that like oh I, it's just gonna be me and nobody else is gonna do it but like that's not true because it's like one person here, one person here, one person here, that adds up. Yep. You know, it's just like money. A dollar here, a dollar is just a dollar. It doesn't matter, but, like, that adds up. It sure does. Yeah. So, like, if you think you're, like, the outcast, if you think you're, like, the anomaly, if you think, like, you're the one who's weird, like, great. Be the one who's weird and, like, mm-hmm. try something different and then, like, and then come back and tell us how you feel. Right. You know? <laughs> Read your so. food labels, try some Whole Foods, and then yep. tell us how you feel in a month. And tell us how you feel later. Yep. 
Yep. And then exactly. we can keep going. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, at that point, like the path is, is at least cleared and then you can start to do the really good shit. Not that, right. you know, you have to wait for that, but it helps, you know, it, it, it definitely helps. And just like you're saying, like one small step leads into the next and the next and the next and the next and the next. Mm-hmm. And then finally you turn around and it's been almost three years and you talk to dead people on a daily basis and you do <laughs> weird energy shit out of your hands and you resolve, you know, your dad's arthritis in his hand after moving you and, you know, all these things. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's, it seems completely unattainable until you do it. Mm-hmm. And really it's just returning back to what we as yeah. humans were meant to be here doing like we weren't meant to be workhorses we weren't meant to be putting things from a factory in our bodies like none of that (laughs) meant to be outside playing in the ocean playing in the forest frolicking in the grass playing with the birds Mm. (laughs) all the woodland creatures (laughs) exactly yeah and just feeling good and that's it that's literally our only job here is to feel good Mm -hmm. that's it that's all it is I agree. All right. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming yeah, on and talking. Thank you for having insight me. This was excellent. And your wisdom. And like I said at the beginning, y'all, if you're looking for like some bomb ass energy work, <laughs> Reiki, talking to dead people, whatever you want. I think she kind of does it all. She dabbles in a little bit of it all. all. Like, <laughs> I'll put her Instagram in the bio. Absolutely. You, you'll see her in the, in the description. You can find her on the internet and just take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. That's uh, that's my big, my big piece is take care of yourself and stay curious, question everything as Mia always says. And uh, yeah, if uh, if you guys are looking to get in touch with me, like Dee said, she'll put my Instagram stuff in the description. Uh, You can always feel free to reach out, send me a DM if you're curious about what I do or if I could help you. Um, I do run like an actual program like a coaching container and program. It's about five weeks, take you through basically from the ground, ground level all the way through. So at the end, you know, if you desire to talk to dead people or do energy work, you could be doing that too. There you go. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Aaron and I, I'm actually throwing a plug here. Aaron and I, my girlfriend, amazing partner, we're actually going to be starting our own podcast as well. Uh, it's basically hey. do like a question everything podcast and it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. So yeah. We'll, oh, I we'll love it. it work, so stay tuned for that. Oh, I can't wait. I'm yeah. super excited. <laughs> I am too, I, I'm sure, you know, you and me are probably going to be like our first guests that we have on for sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're there. Awesome. All right. Thank you. I love you. Thank yeah, you. I love you. Thank you so much.